This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a post-mortem on the young, restless, and reformed where video still has not killed these radio stars. I am the host of this show, Matt, joined by Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, hello. How are you doing? I'm here. I'm ready. Um, You know, but our audience does not know that I was feeling a little bit ill earlier today, which just happens on Mondays. I think part of it's probably because I'm a pastor, right? So everything just kind of builds and then there's just kind of this, you know, your body kind of says, okay, if you're going to get sick, this is the day to do it. Uh, But I took some garlic, garlic, which is a miracle drug of the natural world. And I feel great. I will probably crash eventually, but right now I am uh, flying high on pure organic garlic. <laughs> Everybody, this episode and and the last week's episode, when I may have sounded okay, were both brought <laughs> to you by garlic. So, dear garlic growers, if you would like to sponsor this podcast, we'd love to have you. Seriously, um, this would be great if we had a sponsor I'm, of the show that grew garlic. That'd be, a, that'd be an excellent first sponsor. So if you do like mail out garlic, you get let us know and we would love to sponsor you. All you have to do is send us your free high quality garlic. That's all we ask for. So as everyone knows, the last two weeks we have spent walking through the last episode of the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. We will be doing our feedback show not next week, but the week after, we may be doing some big celebratory stuff for good old Reformation Day and Restless Day from when we launched this podcast two years ago, wildly. But if you want to send us the best articles, your thoughts on the rise and fall of Mars Hill, now is the time to do it. And I'm pretty sure we have said we are going to be giving away stuff to the best feedback, the best things we get. I've got, I have a pile of giveaway items a lot of products that we've developed through the store that we have our you know the the ones that we ordered to make sure everything was all right so some of them are great some of them are like the ones that we were just checking and we thought oh we should change something about it but that means you might be able to win an item that is uh something that no one else has in the world right right? you will have restless swag that no one else even has seen and right. so uh that's coming that's coming i'm gonna have a lot of fun stuff this is this is a monster merch drop everybody so there you go but having finished the rise and fall of mars hill means we get to do something hopefully edifying tonight continuing our series in second peter where we are talking about how not to become unfruitful in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ so we have covered the apostle Peter giving the church under his care, the charge to add to their faith. So far we have discussed one of the things he said to supplement their faith with, and we're going to do them all. I didn't realize we had <laughs> it feels like-, like we've been doing this for a long time and we're only at one. I love uh, it. So yeah, I just realized we'd only done one. So I was, it was going to be enjoyable to like list off the ones we did. You're going like, to build them up. Here we go. Let's build them we, up. And virtue. we, we supplemented <laughs> We learn how to supplement our faith with virtue. Well, that just means tonight we are getting to talk about knowledge. Again, let me read very briefly the verse, uh, the verses we are discussing. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him 
who has called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. So tonight we are learning about the knowledge we are to supplement our faith and virtue with mm. that will keep us become from becoming unfruitful and unproductive in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as we have mentioned in all of these, this virtue list, even though virtue is one of the things on the list, is different than, for example, the fruits of the spirit and other sections. This list seems to me, and the professor who graded my thesis on this topic, to be very <laughs> influenced by Greco-Roman thought. This seems to have a lot more in common with the Greco-Roman concept of morality than a lot of the normal Christian lists. Now, that doesn't mean they aren't Christian. It just means Peter is showing us that whatever good things the pagans, the philosophers, um, the, the natural theology may show us, we actually attain in the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a, an awesome, thank God, he's our only hope. And so this term knowledge is probably a term, if you know a tiny bit of Greek, you know, it's the word gnosis, right? This is where we get our term Gnostic. What you may not know is obviously even before the Gnostics, this was a humongously important moral achievement in the Greco-Roman mind. It usually began or ended their uh, virtue list, right? It was either there the foundation of virtue or it was the chief goal of all the virtues was to attain knowledge. Um, the Stoics of Peter's day, they basically equated ignorance with vice and immorality. So obviously this plays such a huge part in their mind. Uh, it was very distinct. And this is one, again, one place where we see Peter importantly distinguish himself and the Christian idea of knowledge from the Greco-Roman one. Because knowledge in this case is not the foundation of the Christian life. It's not the foundation of all morality for our ethics, but it is, again, like the rest of the things on this list, the product of the grace of God. It is something that the Christian grows in after they have new life, after God has justified them and made them a new creation in Christ. So um, that's a lot. That's a lot in my opening about what this term means. But Pastor Michael, do you, how do you think this kind of Greco-Roman understanding, do we see it all today? Uh, what relevance does it have for us now? Yeah, definitely. I So um, I don't know... Am I allowed to already bring in our, uh, our, I don't know what we're calling it, what yeah. we're contrasting oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this kind oh, of yeah. knowledge with? Oh, bring in our, con <laughs> our, our genius. Yeah. So uh, we're trying our best. We're trying our best, especially for maybe our Baptist brethren to uh, get a really solid uh, virtue not virtue signaling. This is what we did last time. I mean, we want to do this with each one. And so uh, today we're talking about knowledge, not know it all. And that right. doesn't flow as well. <laughs> should, be, should it be knowledge, not know it all -ness? Is that a thing? Can we do that? 
I don't know. Um, you let us know, listeners. Some yeah. PR person might have an opinion, and we might be talking about you, our friends. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be working this out, um, obviously. But um, this is, I think, important because uh, what we're going to see is that there is a distinction clearly in a biblical understanding of knowledge, or at least knowledge par excellence. Right. We might not always use it in this sense, but but knowledge in its fullest sense, as Peter, I think, is using it here, um, is not simply primarily uh, like increasing in how many facts that you know, Mm. um, but it has a distinctly um, relational character that's ultimately rooted in in God himself. So um, I know we'll get into that more, but I did want to bring that up at the beginning. No, no, I think that is a real, it's a great time to start bringing that up because I think, again, um, there are some people who really want to press this passage, and we're not going to dive deep into this, that say that Peter actually uses the two different Greek words for knowledge. One that kind of refers to like the the things you need to know about Jesus to be converted, and then this kind of growing Christian knowledge. It's actually pretty tough to like maintain that. Like if you read every time in his gospel, in his uh, in his epistles, this time he means knowledge of what it takes to be converted it's pretty tough to read it that way but Mm. but it is clear that yeah we can talk about what you need to know of the gospel to be saved right and this idea of a growing appreciation of who god is a growing ability to apply all that god has said and that in the end that is what is what is beautiful that is what you are growing Mm. into Um, I think it's very interesting because I think our day is, you know, whether it's the, the amount of information we have at our fingertips, I think we have, we've largely disproved two things based on our day. Um, We have disproved the Stoics that ignorance uh, is basically equatable with vice and immorality. I think the Stoics would be very disappointed to say like, Hey, we are a society and we literally at our fingertips have access to all information on everything ever. We may also be more ignorant than ever. (laughs) Things Um, have gotten worse. (laughs) I think they'd be very disappointed to know that. Um, I also think we have essentially also disproven, uh, sorry uh, to our friends in teachers unions, but the messianic claims of like the American educational industrial complex that we make things better through education yeah because that has not happened these things um they don't they don't it didn't work it just didn't work right we've just yeah um we've just experientially proven these things wrong Mm. yeah yeah so access then simply to uh being able to know more things has not changed anything, right? It has right. not um, dramatically changed the nature of humanity. <laughs> so, right. right. And so I think that this is, uh, yeah, this is just a, again, the import, one of the important gospel truths is that growing in knowledge is not salvific, mm. but this kind of knowledge that grows out of salvation, yeah, really is something we should add to our faith because there are, yeah, there are, 
we can see all kinds of advantages of maturing in this kind of knowledge of Christ. Um, so maybe the best way to kind of bear out kind of what we mean by knowledge is if you read first and second Peter, you will see Peter uses the word knowing and knowledge so many times. He uses these terms yeah. over and over again. Um, so we actually, last time we did this, we went through every use of the term word virtue in the New Testament because there were like three. It was very rare. We can't even do that in first and second Peter um, to do this in a timely manner. So I just chose a couple um, representative choices from first and second Peter. I think two are from second Peter and one is from first Peter um, other than this one. And just to kind of show what, um, what knowledge does, what knowledge does for people who are acquiring it and what it, what people who lack it, what happens to them. Um, so I'm going to start with second Peter three seventeen. So he says, you therefore beloved knowing this beforehand, so he says they know, right? They are possess they are beginning to possess this kind of knowledge. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. So Peter has told them what's going to happen beforehand about the coming of the Lord, the potential weight they were going to have to experience. And this knowledge was supposed to produce a kind of life that would not be carried away with the lawless. And that they would lose their own stability. And knowledge, this knowledge is what was going to give them this stability. Yeah. Let me do another one from Second Peter. This is Second Peter 2, uh, 21. This is what it talks about um, unproductive knowledge. It says, it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness then after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment living uh, delivered to them. So Peter points out the reverse. This kind of there, these are he's speaking of the false teachers. They knew the commandment; it was delivered to them. But the fact that they did not, they didn't. It would have been better that they had not known it because they turned back. This knowledge, because it didn't produce this application was actually um, a disadvantage to them. Yeah. Yeah. So in and of itself, right. You see there that uh, there there's a way in which uh, if it's not flowing out of that faith, uh, which produces virtue and so on and so forth, it is uh, ultimately not just unhelpful, uh, but even negative in a sense, because right. you've turned away from it. You've turned away from the truth. Yeah. And then I think we have, I think, and this is the same word gnosis. Um, in This is in 1 Peter 3, 7. I think this is maybe the verse par excellence to help us know what he means by knowledge. And it obviously depends on what translation uh, you're using. But this verse um, yeah, really, really shows it. So let me read it. I'll try it. Let's see if the, what the ESV uses. So yeah, the ESV translates it in a way that I'm not, again, the biggest fan of, I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't show up. You won't be able to tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, friends, that when you're, you have such great translations in front of you, 
The one thing I wish for my own personal study, I'll just say this, is I wish they would translate Greek words consistently, yes. even if they read more awkwardly in English, because then it would be easier for the average person to see these kinds of comparisons. We had this exact same experience with virtue when it yep. was excellence above yeah. in the verses above. So, um, okay, so here it is. I'm, I will read it in the <laughs> ESV and I will mention where I, I would like to retranslate it. Um, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. It's, uh, according to knowledge. Mm -hmm. So live with your wives, according to knowledge, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Again, I understand why we don't translate that according to knowledge, because in our normal language, we don't use knowledge to say like, well, yeah, live with your wife according to knowledge, because live with your wife according to facts you learned about here is obviously not what he means in this context. Yeah, you see it there, right? This uh, relational aspect to knowledge um, that knowledge is is not just knowing it all not just um, receiving as you said uh, knowing a bunch of facts about your spouse um, that's clearly not what he's getting at or, or um, even knowing their love language maybe right yeah. <laughs> just because you know their love language doesn't uh, you know doesn't fix anything does it I mean, I certainly know those are immutable, like drop from the sky <laughs> truth, by the way. Oh, man. Yeah. As long as you know her Enneagram, then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even better. Dude, Enneagram users, if you would love to come on the show, you're never coming on to talk about that with us. Oh, oh man. All right. Anyway, uh, but you do see this this relational context to knowing and you see, I mean, this is uh, deeply rooted just in a, you know, in a uh, Old Testament, you might say kind of Hebraic understanding of of this idea of what knowing is like, um, that it is in a sense covenantal. How often, by the way, do you find throughout the scripture, um, especially in in the Old Testament, um, similar words uh of knowing of, of knowledge of a kind of knowledge is used, um, almost as, uh, you know, or for sure sometimes and other times too, as a kind of overlapping euphemism for sections, right? This intimate, <laughs> yeah. uh, knowing of someone in, in a deep, uh, deep way that is not simply learning something about them, right? It's, it's not purely, uh, learning something about, things they like or or something like that it's it's much much deeper and intimate in a sense right right and this it's deeper it's intimate and to live with your wife this way is a hard fought kind of knowledge it's a knowledge that takes time there's no shortcut to it you don't just you don't just get it immediately and it's clear why your marriage would be better with this knowledge, living according to this mm. knowledge, right? Um, I think this is very close to basically what Proverbs describes as wisdom. I think that is really in the realm of what we're talking about. That knowledge, in this case, in the Proverbs case, and what Pastor Michael's saying, is the is is 
knowing how to apply what is true. You know how to apply the revelation found in Jesus Christ. Um, right. And that this is, again, this is similar to how the wives live in this knowledge. And so I really think there are kind of a million applications of this that we could really mm. run down. Yeah. Um, I think there's one illustration I can think of, right? I think if we think of this is, again, remember the goal is at the end of this is that if we supplement these things to our faith, we will not become unfruitful or ineffective. Therefore, this knowledge is something that is fruitful and effective, right? It turns the revelation of God. It knows how to turn the revelation of God into practical action in our lives, yeah. which is way harder than memorizing a long list of facts about any of these things. Yeah. And it might not like exclude that. Right. So this no. doesn't, um, it, there is this element of like knowing certain things is obviously yes. necessary, but I think that, uh, where we get distracted or where we kind of, you know, uh, fall off the, the way in a sense is that especially for the kinds of people, I think that listen to this podcast, um, the kinds of people that we are, <laughs> Right. Um, like we, we like the idea of gathering facts, right? We like the idea of, of, of debate, argument, discussion. We like, uh, you know, filling our mind with, you know, obscure references to, uh, you know, early reformers and things that they said about issues that nobody's really talking about anymore. Right. And we like to try to bring those up once in a while if we can. Um, but we, we almost, in a sense, I think sometimes we get stopped at, knowing things right mm. we we know things we know about things but and that's not like again it's not you're supposed to know things <laughs> but you're supposed to know things in order that you can know god right or right. or it is it is supposed to tell you something about god you're supposed to be able to read within the scripture and also within uh, the the general revelation all around you, the character and nature of God. And as you see that, right, as you as you come to know those things, you are not just knowing those things, you are knowing the one who's made them that way. You're knowing the one who has created uh, everything around you right now in this particular way, uh, to yes. work this particular way. And it teaches you about him. So you are supposed to be seeing him in all of it, right? You're supposed to be growing closer to him through all of it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I have a few illustrations that I hope will percolate our knowledge, but yeah, even you just describing that just as I, as our listeners know, as I'm thinking about planting a church, like it would be, a, and I, and I'm sure the reformed church of anything can tend to be towards this. Like it would be a poorer place if we certainly, if all we were were the people who like like digging into these facts the most. And again, let's we again, we can't deny that reformed churches tend towards like the academic, right? This is yep. why more academic, more intellectual. Yep. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But right, like, you know, like when we thought the the high point of being reformed was that you listen to our plus sermons that was your sunday yeah like the church is is not a classroom right mm. and it's not for uh professors and graduate students it is for them but right it's more like 
it's more like a super expert carpenter like that's the like ideal kind of teaching like someone they have incredible amounts of knowledge right but they're teaching you how to wield it right Mm. um and that's why even in sermons as i think about a sermon i'm working on the hardest part is how do i distill this knowledge in a way that can translate into practical application right i could stand up there and say things people don't know and fill 35 minutes oh yeah that's not the hardest part but distilling it into and this is what it can be in your life without turning it into obviously the you know advice hour right that we were we've all escaped as part of the yrr is is very different Mm. um but let me give one of my examples here so um I think these kinds of knowledge, you can kind of see them and it's, it's kind of funny, right? Like, right. There is a reason the people in your church that you're like, wow, that person is so wise is so knowledgeable is like the people who raised godly children and have grandchildren and you see them and people don't say that about the 22 year old who just read Calvin's institutes and has like, even if they have like a photographic memory of it, right. This is, there's just no, there's basically no comparison. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, um, just like being a super nerd about these things is not enough. Right. <laughs> right. Like that's not what Peter's talking about here. Right. Right. And I think, enough, but I do think, right, where we see the example of knowledge is in more fundamentalist type churches or uh, actually unhealthy, more cultic like churches, Right. When they, and, and we can tend towards this, they only ever like treat outsiders or outside ideas with like a straw man, right? Like they never actually deal with real issues. They never deal with, and so they never actually teach knowledge, right? Because they're, they're always just knocking down an easy straw man and they've got a, yeah. you know, like a, they're yelling and they're trying to get people riled up or they're just saying, don't go out there, like you know, that's, that's the way to corruption. And so the people have no knowledge. They have no foundation. Yeah. They, they have no way. Yeah. We, I, my wife and I were just talking about this recently, actually, um, just about um, certain kinds of, of, you know, training and educating um, within more conservative and reform type churches um, and conservative, just in general, traditionalist kind of minded people, yeah. right? A lot of the kinds of people that do a lot of, you know, um, homeschooling, uh, which we do, by the way, this is not a, a crack against homeschooling by any means, because it's something I love. We would love to have you on the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. We would. And uh, so, you know, that I'm not saying anything against homeschooling in this, but um, there is a, a way in which um, people can, uh, in a desire to keep their children away from the world, in a sense, and some of that being very good, right? Not wanting them to be like the world. Um, they will feed them stories and ideas and much like what you're saying, um, you know, different different ways of thinking or apologetics of some kind that are easily beatable, right? That are easily like, you know, shown to be false. And so they're given no real foundation, no no true knowledge, like deep, I, I should say deep knowledge. Um, and so the, the very base level knowledge that they're given of God and of his world 
is the kind of knowledge that they walk outside the doors and uh, right away they're confronted with situations they literally have never been able to figure out or think through, right? And so all of a sudden it's like, well, I got to question everything now. Um, instead of, no, like the the way that that God works through his word and in his world, right? The story that he writes in our lives is not, hey, here's this really simple, easy, easy answer situation. And you just say, like, you know, God's got this and everything works out right. 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 It's a lot more of like, here's a job right here. You get to be a job today. Right. Here's right. a here's a situation uh, that you're not going to be able to handle or figure out. Um, and through that, he helps us to learn what he is like. Right. That how we should act in context because of how he acts and and uh, lives. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I, I just thought of that as you were saying this because it oh. it's true right you you're never taught to actually know and then to apply that knowledge in this sense that we're using it right in in knowledge being uh basically wisdom right right there is yeah there is like i mean right this is the like almost also the failure of proof texting and i don't want to mm. run down this road too far but right like boom that i got the verse that i can like nail on everything and that that's how <laughs> And that's, and that's how this works. Um, yeah. So I think the, the example that perhaps may be most helpful to us is, you know, there's a thing that today online people really in the reform world, we really like to talk about, which is the Trinity, which is great. I am so glad we talk about the Trinity because I love the Trinity. Fans, fans, fans of that here. That's right. <laughs> And we we hope soon that we will actually do an interview with uh, one of one of the some a couple of the solid teachers on the Trinity because it's certainly something that was not emphasized in the YRR, which is probably one of the reasons we're talking about it. But I've got to say, sometimes when the Trinity is being talked about, it doesn't feel like we are. Like once I realized the Trinity could be more than like the facts and drawing a like is, 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 is not, is not <laughs> like little circle triangle. Like it was amazing. Like the idea yeah. of what is God like he is. Mm. God is like the father sending the son and the spirit proceeding from them is an amazing and mysterious statement. But when I think about like, and again, I also love church history, but when it's like when when all we want is to dive into church history to like mine all these facts about this and what everyone's ever said and just like lob those at people, I feel like what's closer to this is the idea of like, how does your knowledge of God and his triune nature affect your prayer and worship? Yeah, that's that feels to me closer. And again, I'm not saying people don't think through that and use that mm -hmm. as part of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a good reminder, though. What a yeah. good reminder. Right. Or, when you think about the the, you know, perichoresis and just the, the interpenetration of the persons of the Trinity. And then you read in First John about uh, how by our union with Christ, we are now part of the love of God, right? Like we, we, uh, are, we are, uh, partakers as Peter says here of the divine nature. 
And like that just all of a sudden that just takes on a whole new level um, mm. of, of glory of, of uh, just Marvel lean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to right. say it. Right. Like you just like, I'm, you know, you're stuck in a place of awe uh, when you start to really contemplate these things. And how often do we not make that jump? Right. right. It's like, well, I defined these terms, right. I'll define them. Um, and maybe I'll find those people that aren't defining them quite right. But that jump into uh, dwelling upon the person and work of Christ and how you've been brought into this eternal relationship within the Godhead is right. astounding. Or, or even another angle could be, the, can your knowledge of the Trinity help a child? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or like help a person confused, or could you talk to someone who doesn't believe in it rather than like, uh, rather than fighting systematics battles that, you know, bad news. If you're, you know, EFS or whatever out there, like bad news, they lost all that. Like, what if instead, like, could you help a child? Like, could you, could you explain someone why it's good news? Right. Mm. Um, could you connect it to the gospel? Right. These are things yeah. that are fruitful, right? Even the contemplation that pastor Michael has described, these are things that are fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Can you, um, as you, you know, as you learn about God, who is light, this is all coming from first John, by the way, because it's, it's been in my mind, especially with this idea of just the, the nature of us being united to Christ and the spirit of God being at work within us and, and what that means for us, right. What that means for, uh, you know, being partakers of the divine nature, what it means that, uh, we have the love of the father just as Christ does, right? This is what he says in his high priestly prayer. But in first John, it says that God is light. And, uh, it also says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all our sins. And just this, this reality that, um, our union with Christ are being united to the God who is light and is also in light, right? Both of those things uh, also then means that we can walk in that light. Mm. And so how does this affect how you actually live, right? How does your knowledge affect how you live? When you, um, going back to first Peter, if, if you live with your wife in a way, according to knowledge, that looks different, right? It it's uh, you know this is the element of actually putting these things into practice. It changes who you are when you see the hand of God and the work of God and the 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 power of God and the glory of God, and you see elements of uh, who He is and His character in everything all around you, mm. right? As you learn to as you learn more, as you uh, learn more about the cosmos, as you learn more about you know, mathematic equations as you uh, study, whatever it may be, and you have these facts, 
um, does that actually then move you to that next step of actually knowing God? That's what we're trying to get at. Well, you heard it here on Restless. We want to be all about knowing God. TM, J.I. Packer, one of his 10,000 books he's written. So thanks for listening to this podcast, though, today with me and Pastor Michael. 